Hello, and welcome to JK Woodall Ministries. This is the interview with Gerard Long. Some people call him the modern day Job. His life experiences is nothing less than extraordinary. God moved in his family's life through all the adversity, through all the challenges, and God never forgot him and his family. This story of Gerard Long will change your thought process about God and show that God is living today. He's a living God and he reigns. Bless someone with this interview podcast so they can get their life changed and understand how God is working today. Amen. So thank you so much for joining, sir. I know uh, the time difference was a little bit of a challenge and, and the technical issues, but you made it through. We made it through. We persevered. Yes. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> and, and you know, Gerard, I know this, this interview is going to touch someone and it's going to change someone's life. Um, Pastor Caesar at the moment, he's, he got called at the last minute to, uh, go to a church, uh, this morning, uh, cause it's Sunday okay. morning here in, uh, yes. in, in California. So he may or may not join us, but we're going to have a great interview anyway. And, um, before we get, before we get going, I'm going to just give us a quick opening prayer. Wonderful. Thank you. Heavenly father, we thank you for this gathering we thank you for mr gerard long and his inspiration how you worked in his life and how through his stories and this testimony he's going to touch someone changes are going to happen with this interview and we thank you in advance for what you're about to do continue to bless all the listeners bless mr long and his family and keep us in the powerful name of jesus amen and amen amen So, so I know that time. Yeah, the the fans are going crazy right now because they know you you got the you about to uh, shed some light here. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I I I just want to start out with you know um, you know tell the audience kind of you know your name and your story. Like what, what happened. Sure. Well, it's it's a uh, uh, my name's Gerard Long. First of all, uh, the story um, is is uh, quite a long one. So I'll try I'll try and summarise it. Um, and I'll start actually uh, in in recent recent history. So um, I li- I've been living in the in the United States for the last twenty years. I'm currently in the UK as we speak, but I I've been there since up to April of this year. And uh, I was living in Malibu in 2019. And on the 26th of uh, October, I had a massive cardiac arrest. And I died, literally I died. I was clinically dead for 30 minutes. And it was the middle of the night. I was actually at a friend's house. We were watching uh, the World Cup rugby semi-final between England and New Zealand. And... England scored and my friends looked over to me to see a reaction and they thought I was having a seizure. But in fact, 
it was a cardiac arrest. So it was an absolute miracle. Um, my my friend who was one of my friends who was there um, just felt a download from God to start doing CPR. He'd never done CPR in his life before. He just felt God say, do 30 pumps on his chest and two breaths in his mouth. But they couldn't revive me. And there was a, a nurse in the house or a former nurse in the house. She came downstairs. It was just, this is like one, one o'clock in the morning. And she tried to find a pulse. There was no breathing. And she said, I'm sorry, he's, he's gone. Well, two, two of my sort of spiritual sons were there and they refused to accept this. And they, one of them started shouting at me to come back. And the other one was trying to pump my chest. The first responders anyway came, they, they were called, they started working on me. They went work for another 20 minutes. They did uh, six or seven electric shocks to my heart, still nothing. And they were going to give up. And my, these two spiritual sons said, please just, just do, do, do one more. And they did. And they found a heartbeat. And uh, anyway, the, the miracle was one that I survived because the statistics show that um, only 6% of people who have a cardiac arrest outside of a hospital. Cardiac arrest is different to a heart attack. It's when the heart completely stops. Often with a heart attack, you're still getting some heartbeat, but cardiac arrest is no heartbeat, no, no breathing. And so no oxygen effectively is getting to the vital organs. And so of the ones who survive, 90% have serious brain damage because of, because of the lack of oxygen. Well, I, not only did I survive, but I, I didn't have any brain damage. Um, I'm lying in the ICU and I'm, I'm asking God, why am I still alive? And I felt, I felt the Lord was impressing upon me that I needed to share about a period of catastrophic suffering that I'd gone through eight years before. Um, well, it was sorry, over, over an eight-year period starting in 2005 when my youngest son, Alex took some marijuana and ended up becoming delusional and he committed suicide. And we had uh, eight years of absolute hell. Uh, my wife nearly lost her mind. And the horrible thing with suicide is not just the, the grieving for the person, especially for a child, um, but also blame. Of course, Satan is in the business of accusing. So my wife um, hated herself. She hated me because she said, if you hadn't brought us here, this wouldn't have happened. On and on and on, trying to rewind the clock. She hated God. We'd been serving God for 25 years. And and then eventually she lost her faith. For, for two years, she lost her faith. So it was an absolute nightmare. And, but in that time, uh, JK, not only that happened, but my sister died of cancer. My brother died of cancer. In the midst of all this, grief upon grief upon grief, uh, my wife's nephew died in a car accident. And then at the end of the eight years, unbelievably, my beautiful daughter, Rebecca, uh, she ended up uh, dying in a tragic accident in Lake Michigan. Um, my wife was going to end her life. She couldn't, she couldn't go. She, she'd recovered over that eight years. Amazing, amazing touches from God. She'd recovered. She'd surfaced, if you like. And then when Rebecca passed, she, she said, I can't do this again. I can't go through this. And she literally went up to, a, to Rebecca's room and she wasn't going to come out. She went into the room and God turned up in that room. Uh, it, she, she didn't see a sort of human form or anything. It was just light. It was just light came in 
and the sense of incredible sense of joy, of love. She was enveloped in this incredible love and she was completely transformed, absolutely transformed. So from going up half dead, I mean, she was like a, um, there was nothing there. You know, she'd, she'd, she'd gone, as it were. She came down, she was just glowing, like Moses up the mountain, she was glowing. And I said, Jean, what on earth has happened to you? And she described this incredible encounter that she had and how God had spoken to her. And one of the things that God said to her was, Jeannie, your grief is not your own. Your grief is not your own. So we're then saying, okay, God, we, we don't we don't like this this calling. No, no one would like this. One child but two children. Uh, we were totally broken. But we're saying if, if, if this is our calling, Lord, then if this is our cross, so to speak, then by your grace we ask you to help us to do what you want us to do with this brokenness. And so we started a, a non-profit. I've been working for eight years pre- prior for Alpha USA. I was heading up Alpha in the USA. Um, but I, I just felt God calling me to step down. We started a ministry called Awakening to God Ministries, which is all about passing on the comfort. There's Second uh, Corinthians 1 verse 4, with the comfort wherewith you've been comforted, you comfort others. And so it's, it's based on, on Isaiah 61. You know, these are the scriptures that Jesus uh, recounted when he started his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord's on me. Um, he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, release for captives and freedom from darkness for the prisoners. And so that's what we've been doing. We've been helping people, the poor in India, we've been doing clean water wells, uh, reached uh, thousands and thousands of people there, mosquito nets, medical aid and food. And then we've been doing lots of ministry online, um, uh, messages going out, helping people who are brokenhearted, people who have lost uh, loved ones to suicide or other, other uh, or an illness or whatever people who are depressed. Um, and, and so we've got over 650,000 followers now on Facebook for what we're doing. And we're, it's God's turning it around. It's like with Joseph, Genesis 50, 20, uh, to his brother, brothers, you, you, you did this for evil, but God did it for, for good, to, for the saving of many lives. And so I've learned so many things. I've written this book called Living Hope. It's just just launched, actually. Uh, Living Hope, Awakening to Faith, Peace, and Purpose in Tough Times. And in that book, this is what I felt God wanted me to share um, when I was uh, on that ICU bed. I needed to share what God had shown me, the epiphanies that I had in that time, and just incredible things that God did in my life to, to enable me to journey through this. So it's all God's grace. It's all God's grace. And so that the idea is if God's grace can help me on my journey, he can help anyone on their journey, whatever they're going through. And that's one of the messages that we have. Yeah, you know, Gerard, your your story is so fascinating, is so unique. And, you know, as you started to, you know, describe the different challenges that were presented in front of you and your wife, you know, all I could, I mean, in my head, you probably heard this before, but I could kind of relate it to Job. Yeah. It, it, it sounded like you were the direct current representation of Job. But what... Well, I, I've had, I've had some people call me modern day Job because, um, it up until that point, JK, um, life had been great. We, 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 I've been blessed upon blessed. I, I was a pastor in London 
Uh, I was bivocational, so I'd, I'd done 30 years in banking. That was my sort of vocation work, my tent making, if you like. And uh, we had just been un- incredibly blessed in every which way you can think. Uh, beautiful marriage, three wonderful children, um, financially incredibly blessed. E- everything had gone well. We were seeing people come to the Lord. We were running Alpha in our home. We had a, a beautiful house. Everything was amazing. And and actually, the Lord gave me a heads up. Uh, I was I, it was one day when when I've had times when God's spoken to me. It's never been audible, although it could be. But it hasn't hasn't been for me. But I've known so clearly it was God, and it was so clear. And I know exactly where I was when He spoke to me. And He just said, "Jared, you're going to go through a period of brokenness, but through it, I'm gonna I'm gonna glorify My name." And I I told Jeannie that. And we didn't know what it meant at the time. But shortly after that, everything started to go wrong. And like Job, like Job. And we, we take great comfort from the story of Job because we we look at the end of the story and we think, well, God, we, we want to see that. We want to see a turnaround, um, uh, a hundredfold turnaround. As Jesus said, you know, what, what do you go through now in this life? You'll receive a hundredfold now and through eternity. And so... Um, yeah, it was it was loved ones, lost loved ones. Of course, we lost our health shortly after I had my had my cardiac arrest. Six weeks afterwards, Ginny was diagnosed with bladder cancer. Um, we had financial ruin in that time as well. Uh, it was just one thing after the other after the other. And the fact that we're still standing today and and love Jesus more than anything, and we love each other, is all a testimony to God's grace and and the fact that. God's grace being the life of Jesus, you know, his victorious life. He, he overcame everything Satan could throw at him, everything the world could throw at him, and he triumphed. And there's a great verse in John 16, 14, where Jesus said, he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine, that's his victorious life, and he'll make it known to you. And that's one of the, the great messages we have is, look, this grace, it's saving grace, it's a saves us for eternity absolutely and that's the most important thing but the grace goes way it goes beyond that in the sense that it also provides everything we need for whatever god's called us to do whatever we're going through he'll give us what we need to do his will that's a hebrews 13 20 and 21 so um yeah it, it is it is like job and um all we can do is, with Ginny and I were talking about this yesterday, actually, is stand, you know, stand firm. Stand firm then in the Lord and in his promises. And, it is, and my scripture is huge for us. And obviously the, the Holy Spirit is ever with us. So um, that's that's how we get through. And the prayers of our, our, of our loved ones, of the saints who, who support us, we couldn't get through without them either. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it definitely takes um a lot of support from the saints the prayers that they put up you know in the bible it says that <clears throat> the church was praying for peter when he was in prison yeah. yes you know, um so as the church prayed or as the saints prayed you know he was released but you know mr gerard i i i just want to ask a, a, a quick question here because you said all we have to do is stand can, can you talk us through any moment or if you had any moment like this where you couldn't stand where, yeah. where, where your hands, you, you, you couldn't hold on any longer and you just wanted to give up. What, what yeah. were those times? Well, I, my, my habit was to get up in the, 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 the worst were the two years after Alex passed because I'm, our, 
we'd been so in love and suddenly I'm not only am I grieving my son, I'm grieving my sister, but now my marriage is hanging by a thread. And Jeannie hated me. I mean, it wasn't, it was, you know, she would be venomous towards me. You know, why did you bring us here? If, 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 if you hadn't sent him to this school and on and on and on. She was just trying, it was just her grief. You know, her mother's heart was broken, but it was so painful. And uh, I used to get up in the middle of the night and I'd go down to my, to my um, study and I used to cry until I had no more tears left. And it was Hebrews 4 or 16. We go boldly to the, to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And I just used to pour out to the Lord. Well, there were two times, two times when I said, but I, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm just too broken. And, and uh, I'd, you know, I'd end the day and I'd be absolutely shattered. You know, Jeannie would be rejecting my love the whole time. And uh, my heart was in many pieces. Uh, but I, I said to the Lord, Lord, if you, but if you want me to, if you want me to, you, you've got to give me more love. I know, and, and I know you do want me to. Uh, please just pour in more love. And uh, in my tears and in that time, uh, you know, I understand what Paul said, the fellowship of his suffering. And in that time, the, uh, the nearness of God, unbelievable, unbelievable closeness. So I, I exhausted, I'd go up to bed and I'd wake up in the morning and I had more love in my heart and I could keep going. So I knew, I knew, <laughs> and that's why I know firsthand, I've experienced this incredible grace, the life of Jesus poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, Romans 5, 5. It's his love poured in. Uh, so I did, I, yeah, I, I got to those twice that happened. And, uh, but a lot of the time I was crying out, just help me, help me get through the day, help me have the strength to keep going, help, give me more love, give me more strength. I just, I just cried out. And, you know, in the weeping, in the brokenness, God meets us there, doesn't he? He's close to the brokenhearted. And so, yeah, I know, I know what, what being at your wit's end is and uh, been there many times. Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that with the audience. So as a Christian, how did you, and how did you help your wife, your family tackle any mental health type of issues? Well, it, it was really largely about, um, Prayer was the, the big the big thing because I my wife Jeannie was in in this mindset. I mean, she was in darkness. You know, the thing with darkness is that you can't see, and you can't understand, and you can't you can't reason with someone who's in darkness. You know, you you may be speaking truth, uh, you try and quote a scripture at them, they'll just throw it back in your face because they can't see it. You know, so prayer. There were two things that were key really because Jeannie was. Jeannie was suicidal. In fact, we nearly put her into a psychiatric hospital. That's a whole other story. I won't go into that just yet. But um, she was at saying, like Job, she said, I wish I'd never been born. But Job said that. And she said, the pain I'm going through now, missing Alex, um, is so horrific. I wish I'd never come into this world at all. All the good has been wiped out by this. And um, she was, she was, I say, venomous towards me. She hated God. She would say to me, like Joe, you know, Joe's wife, why don't you, why don't you just, you know, curse? Why do you keep following Jesus? Just curse him, and he's not there. You know, don't, don't believe. How can he be there, allowing this to happen? Um, on and on. So the, I knew the two things that were going to be key was one was was prayer, and making sure I was filled up with God's love um, through the Holy Spirit. The second thing 
was was to practically love her as best I could. And what I mean by that is is not not responding to her to her harsh words, being patient with her, continuing to be kind. I mean, love. One of the things I learned in that season is that love is is light. You know, Jesus came into the world. He he he's the light. He is the light of the world. He said to us, "You are now the light of the world." We have this light, the spiritual light within us, and as we as we function in what God's called us to do, which is to love, that's the big the great command is to love. It creates a spiritual light, and it changes the atmosphere. And I believe that's why the early church was so effective because they were going and they were showing what God's love looked like. And Satan fell from from the heavenlies. If you read in in Luke ten, when they came back to Jesus and said all these things happened, and he said, "Yeah, I saw Satan falling from the from the heavenly realms because they were going." You know, since the church has stopped going and going out and reaching out to people and loving on people that Satan has been able to occupy the, in the spiritual heavenly realms. So anyway, I, I knew I had to change the spiritual atmosphere around Jeannie, and I knew that was to do with lo- loving her, as painful as it was, because my flesh wanted to run from her. You know, I didn't want any more of this pain. I was too, it was too, I was too sore. So um, that's the uh, that's the key. Love, this love, this weapon love we've got to love people, even when they're hating us, even when they're hurting us, is so powerful so powerful and uh and i couldn't do it in my strength i had to go to the throne of grace to get more of that love but it holds out i can say to any anyone who's struggling in their marriage in fact we've got we've done a marriage course it's on youtube now on our on our um uh, you can get it on our website and things but it's it's basically saying look however bad your marriage is if one of you if one of you will seek god's face if one of you will be the conduit of the Holy Spirit and of of His love, you can save your marriage. That's what I experienced. You can save your marriage because you're bringing in God's love and God's light, and that can change how the other person is seeing things. So the prayer and the practical love are the two things that will will change the the scenario. Yes, yes. Now, absolutely, love is is so powerful because God is love and he loved us so much that he gave yes. his only begotten son. Yes. And, and you know when you when you say you love someone unconditionally and you know you had to go to the throne to seek his face to continue to pour out that love to your wife. Mm. How did that help or did it start to transform your journey for you? and your wife to where you are today. Yeah. I mean, I, I was transformed through, through all of that. Um, God, God was preparing me in a sense for, for what we're doing today, but I believe he, this is a preparation time. This, this age is a preparation time for eternity. So I believe it's not just now that he prepares us. He prepares us for what he's got for us through eternity. Um, and, and so I, I was transformed. Jeannie, I mean, it took it took two years. I mean, it took two years before I started to see any any uh, real change towards me from Jeannie. Um, so it was a, it was a case of being patient. You know, you look at I mean, if you look at the Bible, you won't find anybody that God used who didn't go through the furnace of suffering. Everybody, um, and of course, the greatest of that was Jesus Himself. You know, the, the most horrific horrific death. That Jesus went through, and yet through it, 
of course, is he, he rescued the world. And through every bit of suffering that God permits in our life, it's always for a greater purpose. And so um, for, for, for Jeannie, as I, as I persevered, and I, you know, you look at people like, like uh, David and you look at Joseph, you know, they were in, they were in, Joseph was in slavery and then in prison for the last two years. It was a tough, he had to, he had to persevere. You see about how patience is such a key part of the character that God wants to build in our lives. It took a long time, but eventually she came, she came through and uh, she's, she was transformed. And, and our love is back now stronger than it's ever been. Yeah. Amen. You know, that, that love that you, that you, that you keep, you know, speaking on is, is so, is so powerful in each and every one of our lives. Yeah. Um, Gerard, Gerard, how, how do you do it today? Knowing what happened in the past, knowing, and I, and I know with the prayers and the support and you seeking God's face, but as you said, it took years. Yeah. So how do you, how do you get through those? Well, it's it, it's a great question. That was a question I was often often I am often asked about how you know how do you keep going because you know we miss Alex and Rebecca every single day. Um, you know we we miss what could have been. We miss the, the grandchildren giving Rebecca away in marriage. All of those things, the natural, the normal natural things. So every day we have to take up our cross. Every day we have to keep our hearts from getting bitter. I mean that's what I think I believe when God Jesus said, you know don't don't take up your cross daily. It's about dying to self and letting his life out. You know that's the key. So, that what I what I would encourage people to, to, to see is that it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's got to, it's got to be a life of um, discipleship, really. And that's why one of the things I encourage people to do is is first of all allow the Holy Spirit to pour God's love into your heart. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit, no question. Um, you can't say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit, but but not every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if if they if they were, uh, uh, Paul wouldn't need to, wouldn't have had to say in in um, Ephesians five eighteen be be filled. At the, the Greek is be being filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> in that mm-hmm. we have to keep on asking the Holy Spirit to fill us. Um, and uh, there was a, a an evangelist. Um, it was actually, it was Moody who said, I, I, I need to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit because I leak, <laughs> which is a great thing. So <laughs> ask, what, why is that so important? It's because the Holy Spirit pours God's love into our hearts, and love is the greatest motivator. Love is, is the, the thing that compels us to lay our lives down, 2 Corinthians 4, um, 5, sorry, 5, 14 and 15. The love of Christ compels us, compels us to lay our lives down. So that we need to have uh, be in love with Jesus. That's so important. My my favorite, probably, or one of my favorite verses, Proverbs four twenty three. Above everything else, my child, keep your heart, because out of it comes the the the, the well springs of life. In other words, keep yourself in love with Jesus. Uh, that that He is your all in all. He's your everything. Alongside that, very important. So one one is being in in love with Jesus. Number two, His Word. Uh, we talked about his word a bit before. The scriptures are incredibly powerful. This is the very word of God. And my habit, when I had an encounter with God in 1980, and my habit from that day on was to memorize scripture. And uh, I, 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 was me- I would memorize 10 scriptures every morning before I went out to work uh, from a little thing called Daily Light. And 
that's been a habit of mine through through 40 plus years of following Jesus is to memorize scripture to take it through the day with you and so what what I what I found so helpful in my time of brokenness is that the Holy Spirit quickens those those scriptures I've invested it says in Psalms how does a young man keep keep his way himself pure uh, by by meditating on your on his word by holding on to scriptures I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not not might not sin against you. Um, so so that is something. It's a it's a spiritual discipline that is so so important. And then the third spiritual discipline, um, which links into the other two, is making a priority to spend time with God. Um, you know, time is love, if you like. And we can say, oh yeah, I'm too busy. You're not too busy. You're never too busy to spend <laughs> to not spend time with God. You've just made other priorities. So the question is, what's first in your life? And and so that that is so key because it's in that time of stillness that God comes and ministers to our to us and he speaks to us, he empowers us by the Holy Spirit, uh, Acts one and verse eight, and he gives us what we need for the day ahead. So I learned that through through forty four through uh, twenty five years before I went into the period of real catastrophic suffering that's that was my habit and so i took that habit into the darkness and uh, boy did it help see me through it's just amazing yeah you, you know um i, I was going to circle back to that because I, 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 earlier on you mentioned your wife saw the light and and then you mentioned she was in a period of darkness and that took me back to to genesis 1 and it says uh, in verse six, and God said, let the vault between the waters to separate water from water. And God made the, and God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from water above. And it was so, and God called the vault sky and the, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. But right before that, God said, let there be light in verse three. And when he called on the light, the, 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 say the earth was formless and empty and then it says it was dark so god is light yeah and he takes that chaotic scene to yes. separate to separate the light from the dark so when your wife saw the light you know she you said she came downstairs she was glowing when she yes. saw the light do you believe she had an encounter with god Oh yes, there was no question about it. No, God, God turned up in that room. I mean, and, and in one sense, that was the only thing that could have saved her at that time, because she, she was. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't say anything to her. She was just too broken. No one, no one could. The only thing that was going to rescue her would be God Himself, and He turned up. Um, and uh, she, she said it was like there was a, like a light. It was a physical light in the room. But more than that, there was this atmosphere. It was like heaven. It was like she had a little portal into heaven for a minute because she was also aware, she said, uh, of Rebecca, our, our, our daughter, and our son, Alex. Um, and she felt he, that they were behind her, but she didn't need to look because she was so taken up with, with, I guess it was Jesus, uh, just appearing in this, in this light. She was so absorbed. He, he filled her, her thinking. He filled her thinking. And uh, he was speaking these things to her, but she said it was she. She said I can breathe for the first time. It was like a incredible atmosphere, 
just the presence of God and a, a, a completely, tra- I mean, I don't know if you can picture it, but someone, um, imagine a mother who's, who's been through eight years of, of brokenness and darkness, just surfacing again and suddenly bam, your daughter now just suddenly died. She was she was empty. She she went up. She was like a a hollow being, if you like, when she went up to her room, and uh, she was hardly there. And she came down and completely transformed. There are two other of our friends saw her that day, and they said when they saw her, they said exactly the same thing. Jeannie, what's happened to you? And it was like there were three of us who witnessed it, um, uh, witnessed the aftermath of that encounter with God. And she, she comes back to that because we, we still, as I said, we still grieve. You know, we're human beings. Um, but she always comes back to that encounter. And she said, you know, how can I not? How can I not be, be obedient now after encountering, encountering the Lord like that? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it's, uh, it's just so fascinating to see the story and, <clears throat> and hear that God remembered you. Remember yes. your family. Yes. No matter what you were about to come up against, although you didn't know. Yeah. God directs our, our path and said he's the he's the light to our, our feet. Yeah. What yes. when have you ever experienced this, uh, Mr. Long? When you thought God was silent, like you didn't hear him. Well, I I mean in a sense, um, in a sense, there's that you know, there's been times. I guess, I guess, uh, the answer is the answer is yes. I mean, I mean, I believe I've I've written this book, and I I talk about I go through seasons because I I believe through the natural we can understand the spiritual, um, and so what you know, God's given us the seasons. I mean, I'm in the UK now, and there's there's very clear seasons here. You know, that you go through, you go through summer, and everything's great. And and you have a, you enjoy your time on the beach and everything else. You go for picnics and all of that. Then the autumn comes and things start to fall off the trees, you know. And then there's a winter and it's really harsh and really cold. And then you cut spring a new life. It's a bit like we, what we go through with the Lord in our in our walk with Him. You know, there's times when everything's good. And I went through that for for 25 years or so. Everything's good, and uh, you know, it's it, you, you love it. And it's great. And then things don't work as they as they did before, and you wonder where God is. And uh, things start to fall apart. It's a bit like the leaves falling off the tree in autumn. And then you go through the winter, and it's really cold and it's really tough. And and God God does seem silent. In a sense, He is silent because He's basically saying, "Look, I, I want you to go deeper. I want you to go deeper in your faith." Because at the end of the day, this is all about refining our faith. Because faith is what brings the victory. It's a believing and trusting in God's word uh, over and above everything else. I'm going to hang on to your promises. Whatever else happens, I'm going to hang on to what you say. I'm going to trust you for what you're saying. And uh, that's in the w- winter season. You go deep. There's a great, there's a great analogy actually of the, in the, with, the, with the people who grow grapes. Um, I heard this. My brother used to work in a, in a vineyard in France. And he said when, it was really, when it's really dry in the in the autumn and the, and the winter time, the the grapes are particularly sweet in the spring because the roots have had to go really deep when there's been no water around. And it's a bit like what God leads us to do. We have to go deep into him to, to journey through the hard times of life. 
our faith isn't really tested when everything's great. I mean, those are good. Those are nice times, but you don't. You, your faith is only tested when things don't go to plan, and then you have to really decide. Right, what what are you going to do? Are you going to yield to what's happening around you, or are you going to keep trusting God's word? And Jesus said, "If you love me, you hold. You hold to what I say. Then you then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free." So there's a there's an element in which God he leads us into situations. He never causes evil. We must never say that, but he does permit it. We, we see that with Job. We see that with Joseph. We see that with David. We see that with Peter and James and, and Paul. He permits it for a greater eternal purpose. And, and so when we're going through the tough time, through the winter time, that's the time when God's saying, hey, I want you to grow. And they say that the trees grow more in the winter than any other time because they're having to go deep. Uh, when the when the leaves come out in the spring, everything's great. They're not really growing at that time. You're seeing the fruit, but they're not growing, as it were, in, in, internally. So it's in those times we really grow, and that's why Paul and Peter and James say, "Consider it pure joy, my friends, when you face trials of many kinds, because God's doing something deep inside you." So the flesh hates it. <laughs> the flesh doesn't like it, but that's part of our sanctification, isn't it? We're being transformed into His likeness which means dying to self and allowing his life to come through us. Yeah, yeah, no, no, the flesh does not like <laughs> no. that, that portion of that or that. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. So it's, um, but, so, but again, that's where the fellowship of the law, we had coming back to the place of, of trusting him. Um, whatever happens is the heart to say, you know, I'm going to do whatever you want, Lord, I'll do it. And that's, now we see that through scripture. We see that in, in the Psalms where David, I mean, the Psalms are wonderful because you see David going through it. He wasn't trying to pretend it, it wasn't hard. And you know, some Christians try and say, oh, well, just, you know, just name it and claim it and all this business. Well, yeah, there's a place for, for quoting scripture. I agree with that. Um, but, but we should never be trying to pretend it's not difficult and it's not hard because that is the cross, you know, and, and we can be honest. And I think part of the honesty allows us to bond with other people especially people who don't know jesus you know we can we can say yeah it's been a really hard time but i but i have a friend in jesus who's been with me and he's been helping me and that's honesty that's integrity so i think there's you know there's that place of being able to be uh totally honest like that night david was you know he would cry where you know where are you lord what's going on and I said that to the Lord in, in the times. I thought, I thought you were my friend, Jesus. You know, why, why have you allowed this to happen? And, uh, and it broke my heart to say it in a sense, but because he is, he is our best friend. And he's, I didn't, at that moment, I didn't understand and see the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and you, you mentioned you couldn't see the bigger picture and, and brings to mind another, another story in the Bible out of Daniel three, um, the three Hebrew teenagers were thrown into the fiery furnace. You know, yes. Nebuchadnezzar turned up the furnace seven times hotter. And what I yeah. find interesting about that story <clears throat> is that the teenagers went into the fire. Yes, they were not consumed. They were not burned. But Nebuchadnezzar saw the fourth man in the fire. Yeah. Not, yeah. not the three Hebrew teenagers. Yeah. So do you see your life as something as along those lines where you're getting you're going through some fire or challenge or, or situation and through your situation, other people can see Jesus. 
Well, it's, it's, it's good that you mentioned that because um, the answer is yes. I mean, we, all the time people say, well, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're so ins- inspirational, so encouraging and everything else. I, I mean, I have to say, you know, it's, it's still a struggle from time to di- time to time with us, you know, it's especially waiting to see the real fruit. You know, we want to see more of God's glory through this because that's always the end game. It's all about his glory. It's all about revealing Jesus, and we want to see more of that. We've seen it. We've seen a bit, and we're grateful for that. But I want to see more, you know. So yeah, people do say that, and I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for when they do do when they do say that, and, and praise God for that. That's wonderful. Um, uh, the, and the, so often that is the case, isn't it? People, you, we don't, we never realize because we don't understand the the, the spiritual realm. You know, it says in it says in this is a this is mind blowing. It says in Ephesians three verse ten is that is that God's intent is that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. In other words, God's wisdom, the gospel, is actually being we are preaching that to the to the angelic beings, good and bad, through our lives. God's that's God's order of things. Amazing. It's just mind-blowing. So as we're living living out the gospel, as we're living what Jesus called us to do, we're showing the angelic beings God's wisdom and, and the gospel. I mean, it's incredible. So I, I always think it's mind-blowing that the, 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 the angels must be look, watching us and thinking, goodness me, why has God used these pathetic creatures <laughs> to, to, to be speaking about his, his wisdom? And of course, that is the point because... It's it's in our our brokenness that his life is shown. It's nothing it's nothing to do with us. It's all it's all about him and his grace. And we we the only reason we can I mean I love I love um in in uh Acts seventeen twenty eight, we live and move and have our being in him. And at the end of end of Romans eleven, the thirty six, you know, from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. In other words, and in, in, in Hebrews 1 and 3, he holds everything together by the power of his word. In other words, it's only by God's grace that we even exist. You know, we, we, we wouldn't even, our bodies we even hold together apart from God's grace. We call, you know, theologians yeah, call that general grace. Um, and anything we're able to do, it's only because God's given us the ability to do it. So there's never any place for pride. When you, when you see that, all you can say is thank you for letting me be part of what you're doing. And yes, I mean, you could say no, but that would be unwise to say no. Um, yes, and thank you. You know, yes, and thank you, because the rest is all him. It's all him. No, absolutely. It's it's, it's all God. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Well, one, of the key, one of the key things I want to dial in on, I know we got about 15 minutes left here, but when you, you, you had mentioned trust earlier, and when you trust, when you put your trust in God, yes, that's everything. Yes, you're you're you're, you're giving up everything. Yes. So, so can you explain to our audience what it what it feels like, what it means to give all your trust to the Lord? Yeah. Well, the 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 verse is most known, of course, is is Proverbs three five and six. Now, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll make your path straight. And so it, it comes back again day to day where you say, Lord, you, you say that uh, you'll never leave me or forsake me. For, I'm just giving you an example here. So I trust you that you said that. I trust that that is true. 
even though my circumstances are screaming at me and other people are screaming at me, God's not real. How could he be real if this has happened to you? And I'm going to trust him. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to put my whole life in, in hanging on to you to say, no, I do believe that you're with me. You'll never leave me or forsake me. And I'm going to act in that way. So I'm going to still pray. I'm going to still talk to you. I'm going to still pour out my heart to you. I'm going to trust you in that with our finances. We've had many times in our lives where we, we, didn't, have, we didn't have any money coming in. Um, I've, I've seen incredible miracles where God at the last minute has prov provided what we needed financially. Um, for, my, for my marriage, when it, was, when it was on the rocks and it was hanging by a thread, I'm going to trust, Lord, that you're over this marriage and that you're going to turn it round for good. You're going to turn this round for good. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to hold on to those scriptures and, and, uh, and see it through. So it's, it's very practical. I'm going to trust that you're going to give me the strength today. If I get up early to seek your face, uh, I'm going to trust, as it says in, in uh, Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm going to trust that that's true. So I'm going to get up early in the morning and I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to trust that your word is true. So that's why James says, you know, your, our faith is made complete by what we do. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing saying, oh, yes, I believe it, and then totally ta taking action that's opposite to it. Now, I'm not talking about salvation now because salvation is, is a gift from God. We know that by grace, through faith in Jesus. But, but nevertheless, our, what we believe should be shown by how we live. And that completes, releases the power of God. I'm going to trust, Lord, that uh, as I, as I um, ask you, you will fill me with your Holy Spirit. I, and as I seek your face, I'm going to trust that as I, as I guard my mouth and don't speak anything negative about other people, that you're near to me, Holy Spirit. You know, these are practical actions that we take and decisions that we take, um, which will be, it's not saying it's easy. I mean, sometimes it's really hard to do these things. That's the cross. The cro a cross is, you see, that, that's the thing. Unfortunately, in our, in our modern society today, you know, we want everything cushy, everything comfortable. But the power is in the cross. The power is in the cross. And that's why so often when you, when you see uh, the kingdom of God having breaking out in different countries, it's often through persecution. So as people lay their lives down, unless a, wheat, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. If it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So no, if you're looking for a comfortable life, um, you may get it on the outside, but you, you're not going to see the kingdom of God come in a way that God wants to bring it. It's through the cross, as as we lay our lives down, then we see, then you'll join in his glory. That's Romans, Romans 8, verse 17. Uh, if we suffer with him, we shall also see his glory as well. And then he goes on, verse 18, I consider our current sufferings not worth comparing with the glory that shall be revealed. So, you know, this is, this is something I think, you know, the, the cross is such an important thing that we should be emphasizing. Um, Alongside it, of course, is the life of Jesus. That's what we, that's what we get, his, his fullness of life, joy. Oh, yes, I have great joy even in the midst of suffering. Paul said, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Love, peace. How, how can you put a price on those things? That, that, you know, that's real living. No, yeah, no, you, you, you're absolutely right. One of the, I know like a lot of our listeners, we have a lot of, you know, different folks come on for the talk show and a lot of them, um, talk about, you know, trust, 
um, leaning on the word, like you spoke about. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, the prayer that you that you referenced. Yes. Can can I give you a quick story here, uh, Mister? Yeah. Just a quick story. So there's a there's a fish you probably heard of. It's called the Moses sole. <clears throat> it's a, a small flounder like fish, right? Okay. And it sits at the bottom, in, in, in the, of the of the ocean, and the sharks go through and they root it up and they try to you know eat the fish. And what the scientists saw, what they noticed back in the late '70s, early '80s, was the fish wouldn't get consumed when the shark was trying to eat it. The fish yeah. would actually actually excrete excrete or send out some type of enzyme, and it would give the shark lockjaw. So the <laughs> fish, yeah. So the fish I is like able that. to sustain itself amongst its enemies. That's great. And That's they actually great. have a picture. If you go on the internet, you can actually see a picture of one of the Moses soul fish sitting yeah. in the mouth of a shark, and he can't bite down on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I so I wanted that. to ask you this question from that perspective. What does a Christian do when they find themselves in the enemy's jaw and you're looking out? What do you yeah. do? Yeah. Well, I'll give you another story to help help show you what you should do. So in the in the UK here, there's a bird called the skylark. Okay. So the skylark goes up high. In the, if you go up on the down, where I'm in the south of England, the beautiful green downs, and you go up there, you can hear these birds. They're right up in the sky. And you can't often quite see them because they're quite small, but they're up there. And here's the thing, there's birds of prey, okay, who, who, will, who will eat a bird like that. It's quite small. They'll come down on it, you know, the kestrel, the peregrine falcon, everything else. But what they discovered is as long as, the, as long as the skylark is singing, the birds of prey won't attack it. Oh, Same wow. sort of thing as the Moses fish. As long as they're singing, it, the, 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 the birds of prey don't come anywhere near it. When it stops singing, then, then it's vulnerable. And there's something <laughs> in that about us keeping giving thanks to God. There's something really powerful. You know, in the Old Testament, the gates represented praise. You know, I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, into his courts with praise. There's something about continuing to praise God, continuing to thank God, continuing to lift up his name, declaring, Jesus, you, you are my Lord. You're the one who's going to see me through this, to, to worship him. And sometimes it's a sacrifice, Psalm 50, 23. He who sacrifices a thank offering honors me and prepares the way that I can show him the salvation of God. So the, the, that that's one of the answers. When you feel you're in the jaws of Satan, you start lifting up the name of Jesus. Start praising him, thanking him. You know, thanksgiving leads to praise. People say, oh, I don't feel like praising. Yeah, you, you don't when you're broken. Of course you don't. But you can start thank, thanking, thanking you, Lord, that I had 17 years with my youngest son. Uh, I thank you, Lord, for the for the joy we had, the love we had in that time. I thank you, Lord, for my my other son Ben, and I thank you for Rebecca; she was still alive then. I thank you for Jeannie and the and wonderful marriage we've had to this point. Start to thank the Lord, the things you can. Thank you for my that I'm alive. Thank you that I'm healthy. You know, I'm, I've recovered from my cardiac arrest. Uh, thank you for the food you give us. There's so many things we can thank God. Thank you that my eyes, I can, I've got eyes to see. I can see these sunsets. I can see the, the flowers and I can smell the flowers. There's so many things that you ponder on. You see the hand of God in creation. And as you start to lift up the name of Jesus and start to thank him, praise starts to come out of your soul. And Satan doesn't like that <laughs> because, you know, as we, as we praise God, uh, he, we, we silence the, the, the what is it? It's the, um, it's the children. Uh, as they praise God, it silences the, the foe. And so... That, that's one of the things is praise and worship. 
and then enjoying God's word. Meditate. Take a word. You know, the Holy Spirit will quicken a word to you um, and take it through the day. Don't just don't just memorize it for the morning. When you have a quiet moment in your day, you walk into the to the to the bus stop or getting on the the metro, whatever you're doing, start thinking about those scriptures. Meditate on it. So you know, meditation has been taken over sometimes by New Age. We got to take meditation back. We meditate on God's word and feed upon it, and and then speak to the to, to God. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. Cry out, Lord, help me, give me strength. You know, so it's an ongoing, it's a place, a process of of that's what standing. We talked about standing earlier on. You're standing in the truth and the, and the promises of God in a very practical way. And of course, as we said earlier on, ask your 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 friends to pray for you. If you're going through a really tough time, be honest. You know, some people try to pretend, no, I'm fine, I'm great. Don't, don't, don't. You know, if you're going through a hard time, tell us because we all go through hard times. He's not showing any weakness. Just say, yeah, I'm going through a really tough, can you pray? Pray in this way. And that way we bond together and we become close-knit, like a strong wall, and the enemy can't get through a wall. So, uh, yeah, there's some, some practical tips there. No, that, that that's excellent. And that's what our listeners, I know they love those, those tips from someone like yourself that went through the process already, and you know that it works. Yeah, yes. Exactly right, and that's that. You you hit it on the head there. That's what my, that's what I want to do. Shout it from the rooftops, guys! This is true. <laughs> I've been through hell and back, and I've it's true. God's word is true, and it can be trusted. It is. It will work. It does work. And boys, have I got a great future ahead? One of the things I, I hadn't had epiph- three epiphanies. It's probably not time to go into them now, but one of the epiphanies in in the darkness when I was going through a tough time was eternity and God opened my eyes to eternity Ecclesiastes 3.11 it says that, that eternity is hidden in, in, in the human heart and and there is there's a sense inside of us that we, we know this is not not it we know there's there's a whole other world going on beyond us, we don't talk about heaven much now but boy have we got an inheritance ahead, we've got an incredible future, I know that Alex and Rebecca are in, I know where they are, they're more alive than we are, so I'm going to see them again Yes, I, I grieve, I miss them now, but it's a bit like the, you know, in the in the airport, you you go to the departure lounge and it's really sad and we're, we're in the departure lounge. But hey, there's going to be an arrival lounge as well and I'm going to be arriving in heaven. I'm going to give Jesus a great big hug first. But after that, I'm going to hug Rebecca and Alex again. I'm going to see them again and we'll be together then forever. And there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Boy, we've got a great future ahead. So there's that's there's so much to be to have joy about um, because because of what Jesus has done for us He's made a way. Amen, amen. Mister Long, we have a few minutes left, and I want you to give our audience whatever you think they should understand, whatever you think they should walk away with, leaving this. In- yeah. Well, thank you. Well, I, if I may, I'm going to link it to my book. It's called Living Hope. Living Hope. Um, it, you can get it it's on Amazon and all the main bookstores. Awakening to Faith, Peace, and Purpose in Tough Times. First uh, Corinthians 1, 3, 4, it goes right on to 8. I won't say all of them, but praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he's, he's, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, 
that is kept in heaven for you, the, the, who, who are kept by God's faith for the salvation ready to be revealed in the end times. I want everyone to have a living hope. I've, I've discovered that, that um, hope is the lamp of the soul. And there's reason to have great hope, absolutely, and purpose. You're still here on earth? It's because God's got a purpose for you. Purpose is the friend of hope. And I, I want you to know that we're all called to love God and we're all called to tell people about Jesus. That's a great commission. But also, every one of us have got a very specific per, per, uh, plan that God's got for us. That's in Ephesians uh, 2 and 10 and Jeremiah 29, 11. You're here for a reason. God's called you for a very specific work that only you can fulfill. He'll give you the grace to do it, and all he says is, will you, will you do that for me? Will you do this for me? Will you be my hands and feet? I don't know what it is, but if you ask God, he'll show you. If you're willing and you, you take off all any resistance and just say, okay, God, I'm totally surrendered to you, he'll show you, and he'll guide you to that purpose. And we come alive, fully alive, when we're in the sweet spot of God's calling on our lives. We're doing what Jesus called us to do. Jesus said in, in John 17, verse 4, I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Isn't that beautiful? I love that verse. So all, all God asks us to do is to finish that work. And when you finish your work, you can go home. I couldn't go home. I wasn't allowed to go home when I had my cardiac arrest because I, I hadn't finished the work. Someone said, I forget who, one of the great evangelists in the past, he said, we're, we're immortal until we finish God's work <laughs> because, <laughs> because we're still here because we've got a work to do. And so find that work that God's got for you. Don't do anything selfishly. Do, do like Jesus said, I'm, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. My purpose, I've come down from heaven, not to do my will, but do the will of him who sent me. That's, that's fullness of life when you do that. So, um, yeah, just some thoughts to, to, for, the, for the audience. And always remember, God loves you so much. So much That's he loves right. you. That's right. Amen. Yeah, thank you for that, sir. Um, how can how can the audience find you other than uh, your website? Is, are you, you know, YouTube, uh, Facebook? Or... Yeah. So um, uh, the, the, the ministry is awakening to God, um, dot org. You find us on, on uh, Facebook. Uh, uh, Awakening to God on Facebook, on all the all the main media channels. We're on Instagram, on YouTube. So Awakening to God Ministries. Um, my book, Living Hope. You can find that on Amazon. As I said, you can look that up, and that will give you all the details in that. And um, do a review, if you will, please, because we want to get the word out far and wide that there is living hope for those who are struggling. Um, and uh, yeah, th 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 there's a, there's a also a website for the book, which is livinghopebook.com as well. So lots of places they can find us there. And drop us a note. We'd love to get that feedback. And we're, we're raising up a whole army. We call them hope warriors, people who have been through hard times like Jeannie and I have, and they're turning it around to help others. Um, and so we'd love to, to hear. If you've got a story, if you've, if you've been through tough times, uh, there's three phases. There's there's comfort. You need comfort. You need to be restored. But the third phase, where often people don't press into that, is that God wants you to triumph, and that is by turning around whatever bad things have happened to you, whatever evil may have happened to you, turning it around to help other people. And that that's that's what the goal end goal of anything we go through that's bad 
the end goal is Jesus wants us to use that to help other people. So, yeah. Well, we appreciate you, Mr. Gerard Long. Thank you for sharing your, your story with us. And, you know, we got to do this again. I, I think we got a lot more to go. I feel like we're not done. Yeah. I'd love that, uh, JK. I'd love that. I love your heart. I love what you're doing. And that would be a great, great privilege. I talk about whatever you want. Uh, workplace, living for Christ in the workplace. Uh, talk about the fight of faith. I've got a whole season in the book about the fight of faith because people often don't realize that we are in a battle. And uh, so there's, a, there's lots to, lots we can talk about, how we find God's purpose for our lives, how, how do we journey through suffering. I've got five key steps for people to help them journey through suffering. You'd love, love to be able to do that with you. Thank you. Well, we appreciate you, sir, and I salute you and all that you're doing for the Lord and keep it up. And if you ever need any help or anything you need, reach out to JK Woodall Ministries, and we're here to help you out at anything. Oh, bless you. Well, thank you so much. And likewise, if if we can uh, can uh, help and minister and serve you, we'd love to, love to be able to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. And for all the listeners out there, we thank you for listening. We thank you for tuning in. Continue to listen to JK Woodall Ministries. Reach out to Gerard Long on his website, livinghopebook.com. Stay safe, stay healthy, and remember, you have the power. <laughs>